0: Hey, everybody. I'm Matt Hill. I'm in the Trace Management studio. Uh, they've been uh, very nice to us by giving us space here at Trace Management. They do engineering in oil and gas, and uh, they have consultants out. So if you need uh, any project management or engineering for oil and gas, please come and uh, see Trace Management. Uh, Energy yourself. I'm Bill Shanahan with Energy Rogue. I am Brian Pieri with Energy Rogue as well. We got the partners in here together. That's right. It's about time. I didn't even think he had a partner. He always is talking about one and he has a lot to say about oil and gas and energy prices, but I thought he was by himself. No one would want to work with him
1: that much. Well, I do talk to myself quite a bit. Yeah.
2: I've seen him do it. Yeah, but only when I need an expert opinion. Right. Let's just say the first. And you're
0: the expert opinion, I guess.
2: (laughs) Well, here's what I'd say is that a lot of people talk to us and they're interested and they think that sometimes we are selling price forecasts. We are not selling price forecasts. We are selling tools that allow access for somebody to come up with an opinion. And what's interesting is often we have different opinions when we're looking at the same data. Right. And that's what's that's what's interesting because our chase is is really understanding the why, you know, and part of what we talk about and part of what the industry is constantly looking at is, well, where are oil and gas prices today? And it's not really what matters today. It matters what it's like in six months, 12 months, 18 months. That's, that's what's really going to matter. And that's where you get more subjective in the opinion. So um, that's –
0: I mean, I mean, simple things for you know, for those watching. you know, uh, Luke, who uh, is one of the principals here at Trace, he was like, man, last week I was going to fill up my truck with diesel. And I was like, oh, man, it's $5. I'm, I'm probably going to wait a week and see what happens and he was so wrong
1: <laughs> yeah well and, and what's interesting about that brian and i actually have that conversation is that everybody says well diesel's you know higher than it was back you know when oil was 125 dollars back then but when you start calculating apples to apples and when you look at the inflation inflationary impact diesel's actually cheaper than it was
0: right
2: how did how did you get into it and gas by the way brian so I got started in oil and gas in the mid 1990s okay. and I actually worked with this gentleman and it was, um, at a company called Intersoft, Intersoft. and they developed a natural gas, uh, a, a trading platform before the internet was really widely available. This was back when dial up was still a thing. You had to, you had to do AOL to actually dial up and, um, Al Gore was not finished yet. <laughs> right. Wouldn't finish with the internet. And, uh, so I got started on the trading side of the business when I didn't really know what MCF stood for or MMBTUs or how many gallons goes into a barrel. I I got started on the transactional trading side more, the uh, NYMEX, CME side of the equation. And then I've learned the industry kind of backwards. So I've gone upstream from that perspective. I went from the trading side to the midstream to upstream. Really, to continue my growth and understanding every component, you know such as some of your expertise, it's like well i, I haven't gotten that far yet, you know, but um, most of my career I've been on the natural gas trading side of the equation, and then I hopped over to oil, uh, natural gas liquids, and then uh, infrastructure projects and and really, what was instilled in me is an, a deeper understanding of when you look at the market every day. You're trying to understand not where it is, where it's going, what the direction is. And every day you're trained from a trading perspective to have a buy or sell opinion. Yep. Do you buy today's price or sell it? So there's no waffle. You're either long or short. So at any snapshot in time, if you ask me, I'll give you an opinion of what I think at that moment in time. In five minutes, that could change. You know, if something new happens... Well, what you guys do is vital.
0: I mean, how, we, Bill and I have talked about this before. How many operators do you think are in the U.S. land space total? Well, let's just put it this way. 4,000, uh, 5,000? There's 2,500 in Oklahoma. 2,500 right. in Oklahoma. Yeah, so maybe maybe closer to 10,000
1: operators. Yeah, I would say at least yeah. close to 10,000. Yeah,
0: so every single operator needs to know what's going to happen with oil and gas prices. Well, and I go a step further.
2: It's it, it's a midstream risk. Midstream, too. Well, well it's midstream. Downstream. Oh, yeah, <laughs> everybody. Well, it touches everybody. I mean, for example, part of the reason that we – Went about this mission is really to uh, it, number one, we created a, a product and a tool that allows somebody to not only view, only view the technical uh, technicals in the market, but also the fundamentals, so that they can arrive at their own thesis of what the market is. And we have everything from midstream to upstream to trading to you mentioned diesel. We we have one of the largest crude oil haulers in the country because they hedge diesel because it's important and most of the competing products are are, people are spending thousands if not tens of thousands every month for subscriptions we're charging 89 bucks a month you know we're we're trying to uh, educate the masses and it's really about uh, providing an access so that people have a starting point because one of the biggest risk factors that upstream and midstream has in every project is a failure to understand what the commodity price could do to their project. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the things that I think, I think it's fair to say over the last six months, we've seen what volatility can do. Now, most of the industry is, is um, benefiting from that volatility, but there's a lot of aspects of the energy industry that are hurting because of the volatility. And you kind of mentioned it earlier when you talked about simple things. diesel, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, and, and it flows through to everything. One, one of the interesting aspects is everybody's talking about inflation, yeah, but nobody's talking about the difference between the CPI and the PPI. You know, there's about a 3% spread that of inflation that we haven't even seen yet. You know, and so companies are eating a portion of it. That's going to be passed back to everybody soon. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm uh, unabashedly for profit and anything that we
0: see come across our desk that, oh man, that's a price increase. Well, we don't have a choice. We need to pass that on right and we're you know we're privately held we're not going to you know have investors tell us to raise those prices and we don't have to look out for them we can negotiate that ourselves but i think every business out there is fine with going i'm not going to eat that i can't anymore Rock, I, every every energy every um oilfield services company out there we're not eating costs anymore mm-hmm. all talk, richard spears talked about it it's time for all of us to raise our prices or we won't exist to help operators
1: any longer well and and part of the issue is is that when you see, well, we got seven and a half percent inflation. Everything that's gone up at my house has gone up by ten or twelve percent.
0: I've seen by seven and a half. I've seen some things twenty percent. I've seen some things fifty percent. Right.
1: I mean, even the guy who mows my yard, yeah, you know, it's gone up by ten to twelve percent.
0: Well, I mean, if you look around the world, I mean, simple things like food, well, fertilizer is made out of oil and gas. So Mm -hmm. guess what? If I need to go fertilize crops to feed the world, fertilizer is going to go up exponentially because oil and gas prices has. And then, bam, my food costs are going to go up. Yeah. And and look down the
1: line. And not only that, this disparity in the energy poverty, you know, we talked about Alex Epstein before talking about Mm -hmm. his energy poverty, about how many 2 billion people in the world without electricity. That just gets worse with higher prices. And I had a person ask me. She says, "Well, isn't it great? Oil's going up to this price? No, because after every high price,
0: it is no, no, no. You're in, the, you're in the you're in the market. Yeah, you're in the market though. For <laughs> listen here, so, what you For what some is people, it? oil prices this high is great. I mean, like like anything in the market, high prices for some people is going to be. Great,
1: and then other people is going to hurt. I mean, well, just no, like what I'm saying is
0: some is that, lows is too. That
1: after those rises, there's always been a crash that's put half the business out of business.
0: Yeah, but tell me that the crash is going to happen when? That's where your job comes in. <laughs>
1: right? That's why I'm Brian here. <laughs> Brian,
2: tell us have to down? Do I right have
0: haven't leased until 2025 to ride this out?
2: Let's let's actually talk about this. So, what uh, what are the top two prices on that on that?
0: Uh, and see, that's what it always is. Last, you know, when we talk about oil and gas prices. First of all, there's a lot of oil and gas prices to look at every every day. That's that? a whole lot. And like you said before, Bill, gas prices here are not the same as someplace else around the right. country. Exactly. You know? So you you know you can follow this, but it's it, it gets very granular very quickly, right. and you need a tool
2: like yours to actually dissect all this. Yeah, and thank you. And that's part of the reason. So when you look at the top two, there, there should be crude and natural gas. What yep. do you, what do you see there? One hundred five and seven fifty three. One hundred five and seven fifty three. I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty what it's not going to be tomorrow right and that is one oh five and seven fifty three so the yeah. thing is is that <laughs> I, I can tell you that with a hundred percent certainty yeah. it is going somewhere and the, the 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 quest is really understanding where it might go, for example this morning uh i read uh shout out to r b n uh there there was a uh email on r b n on jet fuel and it was it was talking about jet production and how it's gone down. Well, if you've been watching refinery inputs and what refineries are having to choose between diesel and jet.
0: I'd go jet too. N- that's not a surprise. I to, yeah, if I have to decide and for my own business, I'd go jet. Well, I Everybody's mean, if, flying, summer's coming up. If you
2: look at it from a refining... It's cheaper to fly now than drive. Well, if you look at it from a refinery perspective, they only have a certain amount they can refine. Capacity, yeah. What is going to be the best spread? And so then you start to see unique correlations with jet and uh, diesel to where diesel is chasing after jet prices. In other words, jet prices rose up, and so diesel is catching up. It's because that is the choice that refiners are going to have to use, and it's part of the reason, quite frankly, we were scratching our heads for weeks and weeks and weeks, not really understanding the natural gas bullishness, because if you look from a supply-demand standpoint, yeah, we're on the lower side of storage for natural gas Mm -hmm. and but our production is growing and i don't i i didn't see the panic but when we went from three to seven i i was confused quite frankly until one of our members actually pointed out they said take a look at the coal to natural gas on a btu basis Oh, natural gas smokes coal well but the thing is is that the gap has closed if you look at coal prices on uh in australia it's about three hundred and twenty two dollars which, by the way, That's is fine. where the coal contract is priced. So you're
0: not actually talking about the molecule of energy that we get out of coal itself versus natural gas. You're just talking about mining coal and bringing it to the table. Okay, gotcha. Well, it, it, it's really pricing. I need some whiskey for this, Bill, by the way. <laughs> my, my head is like, I'm starting to Are do, you already I'm spinning? spinning? I'm yeah. doing math. Well, yeah. <laughs> I like math. And I'm like, this is why you have to have your tools. Because, all right, Bill, let's see here. You want to go high west or Buffalo? Oh, and wait. Let's just go Oklahoma whiskey. What okay, we, we can do that. Hochatown is my favorite because oh, yeah. it, it's made right here in Oklahoma. Yeah. And this and eventually <laughs> I love they, being down there. Eventually, somebody from Hochatown is going to say, you know what I want to listen to in an oil and gas podcast?
2: And I think you need to show them the bottle and kind of do a little um Hochatown
0: Distilling Company was formed in the heart of the southeast Oklahoma with the goal of producing the finest quality spirits. And it has. <laughs> There we yeah, go. Is is is, and we're
1: about to confirm that. Yeah.
0: Well, I confirm it every time I leave here and can't drive and call the wife and tell her to come get me. <laughs> Missy's no stranger to the, the, the magic of the podcast studio. What podcast. happens in here? The Trace Management Podcast. No, studio.
2: I I love the studio. I'm, I'm I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, we so. have a good time and we we
0: discuss important
2: things like uh, the future of our industry and where we're going to go. Toss me that glass, buddy. Yeah. Well, I mean the the interesting thing, and we were touching That's on good, it bud. earlier. It, the The fact of the matter is is that um when you take a look at our economy and the interconnections between petroleum between currency between products between you you were mentioning it on fertilizer, it flows through to every facet there isn't a thing in this room that isn't touched by petroleum.
0: I don't. I don't mind. I, I never get tired of talking about it. If you don't like oil and gas, you are welcome to strip down naked to your bare everything, <laughs> and walk into the woods and rub sticks together for fire and eat things you find in the forest, and that's it. That's all you have.
1: Well, and, and by the way, when you do that, you increase your CO two empl- <laughs> footprint.
0: Well, there you go. Well, because and one, you're burning wood. <laughs> ESG
2: friendly in the woods by yourself naked? No, know yeah. you're not. One thing that is uh, very prevalent is is that it, it, I get incredibly frustrated with where we've gone on the energy discussion in the united states and globally and the fact of the matter is is that people are forced or being driven to a binary choice of renewable versus fossil fuels and it's not binary they're they're both needed because our power is growing and quite frankly with the rate at which we're growing on power we need the renewable section we just need, need energy and whatever that – They need to comes. integrate. Yeah. We need to focus on the integration, and I think if we're focusing on which one is best, nuclear. we're focusing on the wrong problems. Well, nuclear has its own limitations sure. on uranium, yep. and so, so then you get into which – Have you point? never seen the flux capacitor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Mr. Fusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then, but then you get into all kinds of interesting conversations on on safety, and then what is the process to on nuclear waste? I mean, there's there's mountains that they have dug holes to put, uh, to put nuclear waste in, and the fact of the matter is, is that every piece of energy conversion, because energy is not created, it is converted, converted. and in that conversion, yeah. it, there are damaging effects that happen on every conversion. So we need to discuss, okay, well, what are the merits, and then combine that with the economics, because we need to have the the right economics at play. Otherwise, we are going to have energy poverty, and we are going to be well, hopefully you're in a place that doesn't get below 30 degrees because otherwise you are going to freeze unless you have access to energy. Yeah, so. I
0: mean, you saw the snowstorms they just had in the north, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the Bakken has just mm-hmm. gotten slammed. Right. And they were talking about there's a, so many people without power. Mm-hmm. You know, how are they doing? You know, no one knows because they can't get to them because the roads are filled with, you know,
2: snow. Right. Well, and one of the one of the interesting things is this winter, you know, a lot of the prices on natural gas – Stayed elevated, partially because of the coal connection, the the coal on a BTU perspective, but partially because of fear. What happened in Texas last year, in last February, and what most people don't know, and I spent a stint at a utility, I'm I'm aware of this. What most people don't know is, we are on the brink everywhere around the country of a, a Texas power crisis 2.0. Yeah. Is is our that, infrastructure can, is horrible, or let's put it this way, or outdated. It, well, it's outdated, but it's so interconnected for example bakken production was shut in once for a, a hurricane that hit the gulf coast yeah so explain that how north dakota is connected it's all connected and so the thing is is that what happened in texas a lot of people were pointing fingers and the fact of the matter is it's a string of bad occurrences that can and will happen again so what
0: can we do as a energy industry to fix those kind of you know big
1: Problems like that. Well, I, th- I think as an industry,
0: microgrids.
1: Well, we're already working on a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, people talk about you know stranded wells doing Bitcoin. Well, it's not that they're doing Bitcoin. My favorite, by the way. I, I, I,
0: love, I am such. I'm all in on mining Bitcoin so, off of oil and
1: gas. But the thing is, is what that really is is distributed generation. Sure. I mean, that really is what it boils down to. Blockchain. <clears throat> and uh, but that only works in a stranded scenario on pricing of gas. Because when you start getting to where you can actually sell that gas out there, it starts beginning to be the volatility of the gas affects the volatility of the Bitcoin. Sure.
2: Another another thought on what can we do to solve it. Yep. And I actually had this occurrence and had this discussion at the utility that I was at. There was a discussion, how do we get 100% uptime? And I raised my hand and they said, what? And I said, I got the solution. They said, you do? And I said, yeah, I, I completely do. Been working. They said, they said, what is it? And I said, you duplicate everything 100%. Well, we can't afford that. You can't afford not to. And, and so I said, then your question is, what's an acceptable failure rate? You're never going to get 100%. So you need to change your logic on how you're approaching the problem on what is an acceptable failure rate. And the fact of the matter is, when economics get inserted into the equation, it adds a friction point that people are unwilling or have been Ignoring the fact that there are constraints and the constraints are, and and we're very well aware in the industry, there's constraints, there's financial constraints, there's physical constraints, there's drill bit constraints, there's steel constraints, there's, we function around constraints, so we understand constraints. And when the general population is looking at an equation, they're saying, well, we need to go to electric cars. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that if... if, 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 if the fact I don't that... mean to
0: laugh at electric car people that own them. That's great and all, but wow. Well, but the thing is is that if 15%... You see what Elon's doing, by the way. He's going to divest himself of Tesla, if anybody isn't paying attention. <laughs>
1: well, you know... She's...
0: Hey, if anybody's not reading uh, Dave Wood, please follow him on uh, on all of his platforms. Oh, my gosh. His article today about Elon Musk was fantastic.
2: Well, the the, the interesting thing is, is that when you look at... Um, most of the population is not aware of the constraints. And the fact of the matter is is if any neighborhood, if, t- if 15% of them buy electric cars, that portion of the grid is now unsustainable yep. because they're going to plug it in at the same time. <clears throat> and the grid is not prepared for it. And so the fact of the matter is we can't convert because there are physical constraints that nobody knows about yet. I mean, the the, the fact of the matter is we do need renewables, and we do need the interconnection between the two, and we need a stable way to store electricity. And that's one of the that's one of the things that I think we need to focus. Our, on. Our uh, technology on batteries is, you know, very far behind. We have not caught right. up yet. Well, it's not just a technology store-
1: on yeah. batteries; though it's the physics on
0: batteries. You're right. There, we're we're not we haven't made it past the physics of right.
1: storing enough energy we need. And so, and that's why I don't know if you noticed that Elon Musk actually announced. That he's converting to hydrogen, yeah, hmm. yeah, away, away from batteries
0: or divesting himself completely
1: of electric cars. Well, yeah, we'll see about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, I mean the writing on the wall. Yeah, all the big car companies yeah. out there are going to. Past Tesla in their ability to manufacture electric
1: cars. Oh yeah, so but he's going to be busy with Twitter anyway. He should be, and I mean <laughs> that's a
0: the economics and what he did are fascinating, and it was smart business wise for him to do that. It, mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't just a emotional thing; it was a business
1: decision. So you you think that Elon got rich because he made good business decisions? Is what you're trying to say?
0: No, not necessarily all of that. I mean, it, it takes a lot for you to you know all the pieces have to fall in place. Right, it's exactly. a Everybody knows it's a little bit of luck, a lot of networking. It's always people you know, and then there's some business involved. And being
1: ahead of the technology sometimes. Always being ahead, yeah. yeah.
0: You, and you surround yourself with smart people like you do.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Wait, did you just point at me?
2: Uh, I was well, yeah, sure. The guy yeah. sitting yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> <I didn't> <laughs> mean, <laughs> that's Nebulous. But. That's our third
1: partner.
0: So when I look at your software um, and all of your abilities, you know, I always have questions like um, – Who did you think it was going to benefit the most? And then who is like somebody that you were surprised to see, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, this was a side, you know, thing that I hadn't even thought of. And now they're using the crap out of it. I'll tell you this.
2: Initially, when we went into design. Energy Rogue, by the way. EnergyRogue.com. R O G ue.com sign up and you get all the
0: tools each day to find out what energy prices you know might be in the future and the balance of the market if you harvest they're not predicting it but they give you the tools too
2: yep and if you email us at uh rogue r-o-g-u-e at energy rogue.com and mention this podcast and like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform next you will you will get a coupon code so if you email us We'll reach out and we'll let, uh, we'll let Mr. Hill know. And uh, so and later we'll take it out of
1: his bucket. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Matt, all three of your Pakistan listeners in the mountains,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: their goats just signed up. Yeah. <laughs> well, but we, we initially, when we went into design phase okay. is, uh, you now part of, part of the vision was, I spent some time at a lot of trading companies and trading companies. I had subscriptions to all kinds of different services Probably worth 250000 a year. Okay. And because information was how we could make money, yeah. is because we could make money if, if we had an edge on the information. Then when I spent some time on the upstream side, I realized how tight the purse strings were. In other words, I said, What kind of budget? And they said, What budget? We're, we're, you, we pay you. <laughs> so you're, you have to do it. So after filtering through all the information, there's a ton of data out there. And And the fact of the matter is, is that it, anybody who's resourceful can find the data, but after spending four plus hours a day putting together the data i we finally developed a way to do it automatically to where it's served up yep and so that's what we wanted to do and so we we built it with a producer in mind because typically producers don't want to spend because they want to save all their money to spend on tools to 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 spend on some of the services that they need, such as night. You know, and and all the aspects that are have to have, you know, I mean, because you're you're a have to have this is I'd like to have. I would love to know what energy is going to cost tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But I don't have to. Exactly. In other words, your services. And well, listen, I need to I need to call
0: Matt. Most oil and gas guys just predict in our own heads that it's probably going to be better tomorrow.
2: Right, we have to. We can't stomach
1: this industry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was going to say, all producers are optimistic. That's yeah, we are optimistic people. Those, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so we we built this with the producer in mind, and uh, the the fact of the matter is, is that uh, producers are are probably our least utilized customers so far, so far, so far. And, and and part of it is an awareness thing, which is why we appreciate being on the. Podcast. Oh man, I, I'm fascinated by
0: all of the things you guys are capable of. So I want everybody. To know you know what you're doing and
1: and follow you, but Brian's get a little bit of ahead of himself. The reason this all started because we needed
2: the tools, right? Right. It was us. You're, you're
0: spending, <laughs> like you said, I'm spending four hours a day scraping
2: data. If yes. I had a tool to do that for me, I've got four hours of my day back. Right. Right. And and what we wanted to do was put all the data in a place to w- with their interactive charts, so you can. Size them appropriately, you can also interact with them, such as if there's multiple we have one which is for shale rigs, and you can isolate the Permian rigs, you can isolate the Anadarka rigs and look at the trends Wow, and you can expand the time horizon, compress it so that you can look at it, and then you can download that image to put in a presentation, you know or or something like that if somebody's wanting to talk about you know what, I think we need to go into this basin because you can see the rigs have declined in this basin, or so on and so forth, and we've got— You can go to your private equity
0: companies and see, hey, guess what? This is going to happen, and now if you influx cash
1: now, then we can go get this thing care of. Right. Or you can say, three years ago when this happened, let me show you the graph of what happened there. Yeah. And now let's talk about what's relatable from three years ago to today.
0: You mean history repeats itself, Bill?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> it just stutters a little. It'll stutter. <laughs> so, so we kind of built that with uh, that customer profile in mind. And, and ironically, most of the customers that have, have come to us have come with unique uh, use cases that we didn't even contemplate. And that's when, I mean, there's uh, customers from in the logistics side of the equation, from the midstream side of the equation, the downstream side of the equation, because... What's clear is that there is a need for this type of clarity to kind of get a grasp from both the consumer side. If somebody is consuming this and worried about prices going up, there are just as many people worried about prices going down, you know, such as the, you mentioned it earlier, when the price is moving, somebody is gaining and somebody is losing. And one of the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at the market, you need to understand that there are physical fundamental facts that are going to drive it based on everything we learned in school on supply and demand and the last history and all that comes into play. But there's also a, a, a currency side of the equation mm-hmm. an economic side of it. We uh, have to look at what the dollar is valued at now, what it will be, right. So all that goes with tied into oil and gas. Well, and it, and how interconnected it is with uh, the international, international structure. And, and what we can see right now for example, is Germany
0: today? They just said they're going to uh, ban Russian uh, oil imports. Right. So, or, who are they going to look toward for
2: fuel? Us. Well, we're going to be one of them. If you think about it, if you if you step back and think about it from a game logic perspective, if you look at we are now in May, right? They're playing a little harder because they've exited winter. Yep. Because the fact of the matter is that you're not you're not turning off any of your fuel well, fuel sources winter, right? I, well, however. Poland didn't learn that lesson again yeah. uh, because a, a little known event happened in 2014 that a lot of people forget about and the fact is is that in the middle of winter Russia cut off Poland yeah. and and people died. Yep. I mean it, it's it's when we're talking about energy poverty I mean freezing it, to death is not fun. It's it's Awful. I mean it's it, it's horrendous. You know and and when you look at the internet in our
0: world today that should not happen to one human being on the planet. We have more energy available to us than ever before but we once again this all ties back we as energy producers we can go out and drill a lot of wells but how are, you say you know all this is available but availability of pipelines and yes. delivery methods that's all that's where most of us are you know really talking about the conversation has gone to well they've banned so many pipelines now we are not able to move all this you know fuel around and the conversion
2: in and the conversion. Guess what else we need? Well, and plants, plants, and one of the other Bionese. things. What, this is what I was talking about with interconnected interconnectivity. I read an article a long time ago in the Economist, and um, it was fascinating because it talked. It was the article was talking about the future of food. We had such a large population growth that. Everybody was looking at population, and the fact of the matter is, the starting premise at that point in time, at the time the article was written, was forget the dislocations of abundance and scarcity. We can produce enough calories to feed the world. You if you, if you, them there, well, but it hadn't. It had an if. If you have enough oil and water, and so the fact is, it is a triangle. It, it is. It is truly. <sighs> It is a triangle shape seesaw and that, and you're trying to balance all three because food is very important. Water is very important. Oil is just as important because, because it's interconnected because, well, to produce more food, you need more oil, but then you need more water to produce more oil. Like you get in this vicious cycle of, we need that. And then, Hey, we're running out of water. Well, that's okay. We can, we could do some desalination plants. Well guess what you need for that? You need more energy. <laughs> you, need more energy. you know so the, the 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 fact of the matter is is that right or wrong we have grown to a place of dependency and everybody has devices I've got two of them right here so it, it, I've got a lot in here. Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've I'm got sucking energy in here. And everybody that oh. is listening is listening on some device that it, the majority of the components were fueled by an energy source of some of some point even if it's even if it's power, it's still going to be uh, fueled by natural gas, which came from a fossil fuel or coal or so on and so forth. So the the thing is, is that we have to, as a population, we have to divorce ourselves from the politics at play and realize... Focus
0: on human beings and what that needs first. That's why, I
2: mean, I'm a humanistic, like, yes. I'm for us and humans. That, that, well, and that's and not that some of the I'm... renewable push is is... It's just uneducated. It's just not It's just not realizing. I, I want to change energy.
0: the name of it from renewables to another energy source because. We need it all. Alternative energy is all, I don't mind calling it, but the renewable to me just makes me mental that they call it renewable.
1: Well, I, I told Brian about that I'm trying to change the definition of the energy transition. Mm-hmm. To we need to trend. Energy tra- loss. <laughs> no, we need to transition to applying the appropriate energy to the appropriate sink. Because there's a place for every type of energy we have. Sure, we
0: hey on our night fire uh, on guard systems. You know these things are out in the middle of nowhere. We want them to be able to immediately turn on in case of a fire. You know, no catastrophic loss of equipment or people. So the battery inside is powered. Well, it's it's juiced up when it goes out, but we have a solar panel on top of our on right. guard systems, mm-hmm. so it will always stay you know powered up.
1: So the oil and gas industry has been using solar for decades. Sure, because we're places where we can't get to the grid. And so that's it's it's a solar versus a battery, but that's not the most efficient use. It's just the only use that's applicable at place. Low
0: voltage stuff I can keep charged. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, you know. And so my boat, hey, my boat has a little solar panel sitting on the back of it keeps my battery charged.
1: Oh, yep. there you go. There go. Yep,
0: that's about the only thing I use those for.
2: Well, and that I think it's I think it's all interconnected. And the the other. The other challenging aspect, and part of the reason that, that again, kind of drove us to create Energy Rogue and part of the reason that we wanted to make it accessible is not make it expensive. I mean, we do have a $30 a month, you get a, a daily email Monday to the Friday with fundamental and technical aspects of the market. I mean, we're trying to... That's the one I have, and it's great.
0: I mean, it's interesting. I think he just gave it to me because I promote you guys so much. But...
2: <laughs> well, well, I mean... Job lot, job. Yeah, if that comes across your profit and loss area, that's me. Why well,
1: but if that, that sends a we're probably in trouble already. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: the, the fact of the matter is, is that w- that is a $30 a month offering. We're, we're trying to offer a broader access to the information so that it shouldn't be... It shouldn't be something that somebody has to spend thousands a month to understand because the data is out there. What we've done is taken our experience and tried to add structure to it that provides somebody. yes, you can stare at the price right now and it says one hundred and five on crude oil or seven fifty on natural gas. but if you look in twenty twenty three on that on that chart that you get every day, you'll see well next twenty twenty three on natural gas is five dollars, but today is seven fifty. Okay, why does that reconcile that way? Mm-hmm. And that's the key question that people need to be under be chasing because they can use it how? Well, they can they can use it for their business yep. so that they can plan because the fact of the matter is, is that everybody stares at the 750 and thinks it's 750 forever. No, it's not. It's it's $5 in 2023, $4 in 2024 and beyond. And then it actually starts rising in 2027. So you start to also see kind of um, crude is a more logical step down. Natural gas is an, what I consider an illogical step down. And I've been waiting in, I personally think, my personal opinion, it probably varies from Bill, is that natural gas will have a reckoning and that reckoning is going to be down. Hmm. Uh, crude oil. I think, it, I think it's going to go the other way. It, it, it very well might. I mean, the the coal linkage is driving it the other way and I very well could be wrong. And one of the facts is... And this is, again, part of the reason that sometimes people are intrigued with our opinions because we have a lot of thoughtful opinions. That's because we're staring data all day. at data and we're trying to constantly address one key question. The market went up. Why? Why? And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that every day there's data that increases or decreases that opinion. And Bill and I, each week for our members that are on our highest level, Highest level is still only eighty nine bucks a month. Yep. You know, is is uh, I mean, by high level, again, okay. we're trying to provide access to people, so that so that the market is not a mystery. You know, in other words, when something happens, people are like, oh, yeah, I understand it, that they read RBN and say, well, jet fuel prices have have gone up. Well, I already knew that. You know, we already knew that. Our members already knew that, and our members that had an inner relationship between diesel and jet. Knew that intimately because they were they were hedging based around contingencies on what a refiner is gonna is gonna choose and then on natural gas. Well, which which regions are getting more rigs because a rig in Permian has a different natural gas impact than a rig in the Marcellus or Utica. Yep. So then you start looking at balances of equations and then um, and then that's where you really get into some interesting things because we do have uh, artificial intelligence that we use but we use it in very deliberate ways. There's a lot of misuse of artificial That's inside. where your software is going to continue to grow is you get your AI. I mean...
1: Well, and that's part of it, but AI uh, is not...
0: We're just scratching the surface of what that's going to do.
1: Well, to and, and when nobody's really good at it yet. I mean, there's a lot of people who say, well, AI, we can recognize this, we can recognize that.
0: Automation.
2: That's
1: and, only if it's repeatable.
2: Yeah. It can't recognize the anomalies. In other words, AI would not have predicted the responses in prices or physical supply and demand. Or the war in Russia. After, exactly. In, in other words, most AI uh, is really, let me demystify this for a second. People say AI and it sounds really good. And I want to say it and, and make it sound like, ooh, well, we, we have AI. We, we do. And we actually had AI on price forecasting. We removed it because it's just disingenuous. Because the fact of the matter is, AI uses the same math that all the weather models are. And I don't know if your listeners or you have ever experienced a weather forecast being wrong.
0: No, not in Oklahoma. Those guys
2: are 100% every day.
0: Payne, if you're out there watching this, man, you (laughs) do an incredible (laughs) job. When a tornado hits, you are there. You come up with the funniest things I ever heard. It's a drinking game now. I mean, that's
2: great. (laughs) But it it can be useful in very repeatable formats. In other words, detecting seasonal trends on consumption, you know, or detecting a mechanical device that has certain throttle points that go up and down at particular moments in time or temperature, whatever the dependency is, and we're... AI and machine learning come in handy and, and something that we actively use it on is to find unique correlations. And those unique correlations are the ones that help us answer the why. I don't know.
0: I'd- do you think energy costs are always going to be this volatile? Or Do you think our industry and you know globally will connect more and more to where we can level things out and kind of gauge our existence as an industry? Like, hey, here's probably where the line is and this is probably where we can get it to
1: well, you know, <clears throat> a lot of volatility has to do on what your cost level is and what you can actually bring to the surface for. Mm-hmm. That's one area.
0: But we know that really looking forward.
1: I mean We do, except for the part that's really more volatile is the regulatory part. The regulatory.
0: I mean we're we're really constrained and dependent on what our regulatory is going to be. That's why elections always make, you know, oil and gas go up but and down, up and down because we don't know what the next Joe Biden's going to do mm-hmm. to us. Like, hey, we're going to stop driving <clears throat> across right. the world. Like what?
1: And the and the deal is is that it changes over four years. Yeah. So how do you put pr- you know put from
0: We elect an oil and gas president of the world forever. <laughs> that's right. it's called the king. So
1: that's do you where want You want to do that? That's where Elon's going. <laughs> oh man. I,
0: I'm actually getting gonna- Hey, that same guy wants to put chips in all our head too. So yeah, let's not exactly. let's not give him all the power. Like yeah. I, it's funny that he's buying Twitter, but let's remember he does he would love for us to have chips in our head. So
2: yeah. <laughs> now I, we don't already? I'm gonna uh, use. me. No, I'm not even baxed. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna use um, Bill's point from a different context, which is um, the industry has one big problem in it, and that industry, and it really answers your question of why, or at least provides an understanding of the why. Everything that we do in this industry is is put in a model of a three to a seven-year payback or three to seven-year horizon. This is something that- You don't
0: be, think people are getting into it for the life of the industry anymore? No.
2: It, as a matter of fact, I would say- Exiting? I, no, I would say this. They're in it. Let's put it this way. If, if a producer has a particular funding mechanism- they might develop something that gives them a disproportionate economic return for five years. But if they did something to slow that down, which reduced their near-term cash flow models, all the IRR models are skewed to where, why would we do that? Well, the fact is, is that you may have added four or five years on the tail of the life of that project that actually provided more energy on a holistic, volumetric basis. And so we make disproportionate short-term sacrifices mm-hmm. I, I, or, 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 or long-term sacrifices for short-term gain. And that's something that Bill has, has kind of touched on, and I didn't want to say your point for you.
1: The, so the biggest problem is that we are prematurely abandoning oil fields yep. that could produce a lot longer for a short-term gain. And Oh, yeah. If
0: it's 10 barrels a day, we're like, oh, man, that's yeah. not economically feasible for us to operate anymore.
1: And so it's uh, it's interesting that, One of the things that we that we have looked at is how do we help people understand the long game, Mm -hmm. because the short game has led us to nothing but bankruptcy, and and, and volatility, and and volatility, and and actually a really poor reputation among the investment people. Yeah, you know, and so so do you?
0: That's one of my that was going to be one of my questions. You know, when you talk to East Coast and West Coast Ivy League. You know, up-and-coming investors, and they've never been exposed to oil and gas, but you see the possibilities of returns in our industry is better than most. You know, would you say yes, hop into well, oil and so gas? So let's think about this. Space. What's the
1: technology uh, returns? Mm, that,
0: just as volatile as oil and gas. If they're higher, so if you're going <laughs> to do mean, that, would you I mean, in? you've seen, you know, I've, I've always bought into, you know, Apple right. and, you know, all the things. I mean, I buy some, but you watch those, you're like, I've lost money on that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as as my advisor always lost money me, on Tesla. Says, are, are you are you retiring today? No. Well, then why are you worried about it? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be in there for the long term. The I think what happens is we have to understand that the most people who have the impact on the price of crude oil and natural gas do not own crude oil or natural gas. Mm-hmm. They just own the uh, financial instruments. Yeah. And so they are not necessarily in the business. Oh,
0: everybody I talk to, I mean, if you want real returns on oil gas, actually get in on a project
2: and that's where you're going to make returns. But, yeah, I mean. Well, but if you look at it, and I think what Bill's referencing, if you look at the volume of trades that happen on the CME or ICE, it's a disproportionate that are not owners of the commodity or shorts of the commodity. Shorts being consumption. Just the financial. Just the fi- well, just the financial trading. And so much of the liquidity of that spills over to everything else. So the, the fact is, is that you have periods of time when you have disconnects between fundamental supply and demand. And that's, that's the disconnect that I'm talking about on natural gas. And that's part of the reason that I'm, 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 I'm bearish. From here, and I, I, I think we're going to see four dollars. So I, 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 think, I think, mm-hmm. th- I think it's going to, I think it's going to come. I could be wrong. I've been wrong, and uh, I hope. I, I mean, and we're not financial advisors, by the way. We, you mean, no, I know, but this is all discussion. We're all, you know, we're,
0: we're uh, hoping to, you know, find uh, common ground for people out there watching. But I mean, I really hope. I think I've always known, you know, mostly because I'm up from Oklahoma. But uh, natural gas is way undervalued. You know, it's, it's just one of the most necessary so, so, fuels on the planet. And I don't see why it's not at 10. If I, and as natural gas storage grows, if I own natural gas, I'm not, I'm not going to sell it for less than that because I know how much it took and all the, all the manpower, all the, all the money it took to produce that, you know, molecule of energy. I know what it's worth. I'm not going to sell it for less than 10.
1: So some of the things that go into this and, and is understanding is that people say, well, we're going to ship, you know, liquid natural gas to Europe
0: but we have to have the liquid natural gas you know facilities to do right. it and we're already ships. maxed out we're maxed out yep we're maxed out so my so uh-uh. inter so my uncle just uh, passed away uh, Wesley Hill but he was in uh, Enid for a long time he had a bioremediation company and then he eventually moved to Coos Bay Oregon and he couldn't keep out of natural gas and he went to work for Pembina mm. who was working on the Jordan Cove project mm-hmm. so my uncle right. was in Oregon trying to get the natural gas uh, or the LNG plant at Coos Bay up and running and mm-hmm. the pipeline across, you know, so we could get, you know, natural gas all the way to Oregon and then off to LNG, off to Asia and all the, you know, countries overseas. Would have been a boom for the region or mm-hmm. for the state, for all of Western, you know, United States. For the Rockies.
2: The Rockies. Have, uh, the Rockies would have. Are gotten, we
0: not? I mean, oh, my I mean, gosh. We need a pipeline to the coast. Yes. Well,
2: it's underutilized to Milan, yep. you know, via Ruby. And, and so we, we have the capability. Plus – if you don't have enough coming up from the Rockies, you just take it down from Canada. Now Canada's yep. got to get it over, but
0: and Canada could have been, and they had that all worked out. Like, hey, you could bring it from here to here to here. But eventually, Coos Bay, Oregon, LNG, and a pipeline. Well, no- and they had it. I mean, William started working on it, and then eventually Pembina took it over, and they were working on it all this time for ten years. I've seen my uncle struggle, and he, you know, they gave up as soon as Biden got in office. They're like, we're out. We're well, done.
2: here's what's, here's what's slowly happening is, is that projects are being done in Mexico and mm-hmm. Canada and we will become an exporter via pipeline to them. Yep. And, and so
0: it's uh, going to happen. It's, it, just... it's,
2: it's going to happen. It's just going to happen in a. Uh, a location where yeah. they're
0: a just like oil we're oil. going to import Russian oil, no matter what we call it. If it goes from Russia to this country and eventually to us, it's still Russian oil.
1: Or if it goes to somewhere else where we're importing from, guess what? I can own. still
0: buy Russian five five six ammo. Right?
1: You know. <laughs> so, right. Well,
0: I mean, the it fact comes that, from several places to eventually get to me, but still Russian ammo. The so.
2: fact of the matter is, is that when you when you look holistically on the on the market you know i mean natural gas is, has has been so localized for so long meaning that's why there's been a disproportionate undervalued of uh, natural gas and and the fact of the matter is, is that lng is going to change that and Another answer to the energy stability question is actually portable LNG portable facilities. LNG. Yep. You know, I mean, and, and why in
0: why do why not have an LNG facility on every natural gas well in Oklahoma,
2: or have not an LNG facility at every utility for yep. at uh, for standby fuel? And That's and, why and
0: every podcast I say this, and somebody will take my idea someday and make it happen, and I don't need any credit for it, but. <laughs> Port of Catusa. Well, and if you LNG, it's not as many, it's not as much as we do from the coast. But as long
2: once they get that first ship going, and they're following each other, it's it's efficient. So, so for everybody listening and everybody watching, contact Matt Hill. He's going to put together a a company. We're going to participate in that company, and we're we're going to create energy stability because the, the the questions that we're all dancing around is is really energy security and energy security it's made
0: our united states the most um secure country on the
2: planet because we have guns and energy period guns and energy but then we also need to think about brain power like well, bill well think about cybersecurity i mean yeah, the man. the fact of the matter is, is that you, they're you, attacking our grids daily now well i mean look at what happened to colonial pipeline that's a warning that is a, a direct warning and it could have been a lot worse. And the, uh, the the hacker group, Anonymous, I don't know if you heard about what they I, did in Russia.
0: I, they're going after all
2: of them, shutting down their – Well, actually, very early on in the conflict, they actually hacked into gas problems, gas systems, and overpressured things and had a manual person in Russia – not defended it, it would have exploded. Their, their pipeline would have
0: exploded. I don't want. I don't want. I don't
2: want terrorism. No, 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 That's no. I, I, I'm, I, what I'm saying is, is that. But it's a, it, it's it could a vulnerability. Us, it's yeah. a vulnerability that needs to be defensed, uh, and, and the challenge is that so many private institutions and private people that sometimes corners are cut, and this the, again, it kind of directs back to. We are offering a, a product at a low price because we think it's important for people to make business decisions long term. Yeah, what I mean, I'm saying companies is- like I mean Amazon,
0: how much fuel do they use in a day? I don't. I don't even know. Can, that, they, can they hedge and buy all their fuel in advance? That,
2: my guess is they probably Do. are. They, yeah. they they probably are. I have Amazon. Realized. If
0: you're watching, get get energy rogue on the <laughs> no, line. <right>.
2: No. <laughs> well,
0: FedEx man, FedEx delivered my uh, new laptop today, and
2: so, I know they use a lot of fuel. So I, our product is insurance for for uh, understanding what the market is, so that you have economic assurances. If you buy energy, you need energy rogue. Yes, and if you are worried about cybersecurity, you need to or sell energy. Look, uh, you need to look at, at uh companies like sentinel one uh a good friend of mine rick bosworth is over there that's a that's a great end point cyber organization and and they can put up defenses because everybody relies on this but i, I didn't want to dominate
0: right. no dominate i mean he's yeah. he's already had his spiel in here oh, anyway yeah
1: <laughs>
0: you've got the glasses I'm, we're I'm watching a, you.
2: yeah i'm the strong silent type
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the one that says the least amount at the table is the smartest one in the room, probably, right?
1: Well, yeah. You know, some people told me one time ago, it says, you know, uh, you need to keep quiet because people will think you're, won't, won't know how dumb you are. Do not speak up and remove all doubt.
0: Was that Tiffy? Did yeah. he say that to well, you? Well, Tiffy
1: always <laughs> says that to
0: me. Hi, Colby. <laughs> Hi, Colby. He's the only one watching by Yeah, now.
1: <laughs> we love you, Colby. Mean it. We'll probably see him this week. We will see him this week, hopefully on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're, we're doing a, a um, happy hour at Mama Rojas on Wednesday from 4 to 7.
0: Okay, well, maybe this will get out tomorrow. Well, <laughs> I'll some, try. I'll do my best.
1: If it, if it doesn't get out till Thursday, then it'll be cheaper for us. I mean,
0: I could, I could have made us go live today, but it'll, it'll be live tomorrow.
1: There we go. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing that we try to do is we know the frustration of trying to make economic decisions on energy mm-hmm. without the data. Right. Because we've done it for most of our career. And and when you combine that, that's over 75 years. It doesn't help. It just adds to the stress and puts people at risk that should not be put at risk and then have to be put at risk. We're not going to say you're going to be 100%, but what we're going to say is you're going to have your discussions at a higher level
2: than you're having them at right now. Let, well, let's just say this. It, it, it is, when I come from the trading side, that means you have a high miss rate. You're, you're because you're, you're making a decision at every moment in time, buy, sell, buy, sell, you're going to have a high. What was your acceptable level for you not to get fired? Well, here's what I'd say is if you look at a lot of trading systems Mm -hmm. and you look at a lot of that, people are like, Hey, it's got a 95% success rate. That's great. Except for the 5% bankrupts So the, so the fact of the matter is a lot of profitable systems may only have a 30% success rate, but that 30% pays for all of the losses and then makes up for it a ton. So so when you're right, you're right a lot. Now, one thing that I got very comfortable being wrong, I wouldn't be upset if I looked at every data point and I made the same decision again. I would be upset if I ignored a data point. And that's where a lot of people get into a siloed decision. And again, Part of the reason yeah, that we yeah you guys have
0: so many data points.
2: Well, it, it's because they're all relevant in different ways, mm-hmm. and and understanding the the financial market is an animal of its own, and the fundamental market is an animal of its own, and and sometimes seeing the disparity between the two is when uh, is when I get a little bit more vocal, such as when I look at the supply demand disconnect on natural gas. I'm like, I, I just don't, I can't reconcile it, and if I can't reconcile it there's going to be a reckoning now that said it can stay disjointed for, I've seen it say disconnected for like two years, but then when the reckoning happened, it was a big one.
0: And we all need to know like, and just as an individual consumer of natural gas, just in my house, you know, most people probably don't know where their natural gas comes from at all. Not even close.
1: But you know, what's interesting about that when you go to the other side, most producers don't know what refinery their oils refined at. How many,
0: how many refineries are in the United States?
1: Uh, what did I tell you the other day? 150, no, 135 that are operating. There's 137 total.
0: 135 approximately operating. Right. And what are they refining most? Are they, so because, what, what type, you, go through, you mean what type of product? What type of product? Because most of our stuff doesn't, you know, it produces, you know, like we have in, in the United States, we produce a certain type of oil mm-hmm. and then we get a lot of oil from overseas to produce a different type of, you know, uh, product. So a lot of people don't understand like what, at the, at the end of the day, that barrel of oil, it's a different type of barrel of oil from somewhere else, and we produce all kinds of products from different types of oil. I mean, that's granular, I know, but I, so, most people don't even
2: know No, it's important to understand. Matt,
1: Matt, if you were looking at your energy rogue sheet today. I would know,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so here's the here's the basic math.
0: And I did see it. It came across my email. I haven't even had a chance to check it, but I will be nerding out later on it like <laughs> the, I always do. The
1: basic math is the U.S. has a 22 million barrel a day demand. Yep. We have a 15.9 million barrel a day refining capacity. And we normally are using 15 of it.
0: We are not energy independent after all.
1: And we have 11.5 million barrels a day of production. Mm-hmm. So that would tell you immediately, well, we basically have 6 million a day that's out, outrunning our refining capacity. So we have to bring in refined products, gasoline, diesel, mm-hmm. okay, and some solvents. Uh but then we have 11 and a half versus, let's call it 15. So that means that we're going to be importing three and a half million barrels. Only that's not really true either because we're exporting we're three exporting. million barrels. Yep. So that now means we have to import six and a half million barrels that actually work in our refineries.
0: And don't forget all the oil we export to get refined and then bring back.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And that, but that comes on that other side of those yeah. imports. And so most people didn't realize that when you refine a barrel of oil, barrel of oil is 42 gallons, right? Yep. When you refine it, you get 44 gallons of product. Mm-hmm. So you actually gain, that's what the refiner gains is two gallons. About 22 gallons is gasoline, unleaded gasoline, and about 20 gallons is diesel. So when you look at that, you are really only looking at about two gallons that's anything else out of, out of the crude oil. And so that's what we're doing. I mean, that's, that's the basic math. We will be
2: importing oil for a very long time.
0: Until we build refineries for our own
2: oil and that's that's actually I that's think, where the government well and
0: politics it. has really you know just strangleholded us so, as a country to be energy independent.
1: So the year the last new it's ridiculous that the the refineries built as opposed to they've expanded a lot of them.
0: It's tre honestly it's treasonous to me. If you yeah. stop your country from being able to sustain itself, that's tyranny. That's ridiculous.
2: Well and and then you get into a lot of interesting thought processes as far as then you look at the relationship between the, the petroleum and the dollar, and then yep. you look at at the international relationships. And it's not
0: backed by gold. Well, and and let's the Rothschilds and all the tinfoil hat stuff that well,
2: I you know obviously read. Let's <laughs> let's run a quick thought experiment. Mm-hmm. One thing that we have realized is we have a lot of natural gas to where we can export it. At yep. one point in this country, we were going to run out. We built LNG import facilities that as soon as they were done, we were already retooling it to export yep. because we we realized, oh, oh we got there's this shale gas. thing. Yeah. So what's interesting, when, when I think about energy security, now de-political message, the, the fossil fuels versus renewables versus alternative energy – what, however, we want to term it if we depoliticize that and do whatever it takes. Well, and and now think about it this way: instead of oil, yeah, we invest in electric vehicles that are going to be fueled by a natural gas. gas. That changes so, everything.
0: So then, all of a sudden, and change the batteries from lithium to maybe aluminum. Have you seen the aluminum batteries?
2: Yeah, that are right. And, and now, yeah. now we maybe are a little closer to energy stability and security because that's a, a resource that we have until to we run into. out of bay right which we're almost out of from all the major mines. You've oh yeah
0: you right well, now so, we're going to be in for yeah. for the mud for the drilling operations yeah. and then we're going to have to be importing bay right? or, or,
1: or, we're always
0: going to have to be importing something
1: well the, the point being is is that as long as we're matching with exports yeah you know that's what that's 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 part of being the part of the global community yeah the only time we really got in trouble is every time we try to isolate ourselves and we find ourselves doing that, but we can't. We can't just. Still, go out I'm
0: there. an isolationist.
1: But we can't go out there and lose to everybody.
0: No, I want to isolate and win.
1: That's right. <laughs> and so there. I mean, there's a lot of neat theories about this. We start looking at different societies and how they've gone up and down. So you
0: know like, what I want to do, right? I want to drill a natural gas well next to my neighborhood, and everybody has their own generator in their house, and I pipe all of our natural gas, you know, through scrubbers, and we get it. So first of all, I have fuel for my own house. Right. Then. Every bit of leftover gas, we mine Bitcoin, so we have our own monetary system Mm -hmm. as well. I won't need anybody. We so will be self-sustaining.
1: You're taking over your, your five-block world, right?
0: It's not even. I mean, my neighborhood's small, and I've already, when I bought the house, I wrote a letter to the HOA, and I slipped it into the, you know, just the paperwork, and hey. I said, I'm the king of the HOA. <laughs> and I forever, like, I'm in charge of everybody. So they didn't reject that letter, so I assume that means that I am the king of you know, the HOA. it's good
1: yeah. to be king. It's good to be king. Yeah,
0: and so that's all. I wanted at least my own neighborhood to be self-sustaining.
1: Well, my guess is that there's
2: probably already a gas well very close to your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I'll just,
0: I mean, I, I don't know if I can take that over but it's possible
2: well but yeah. it's an interesting concept because it, the fact of the matter is, is that when you think about
0: but we could sell or any left so say i'm i mine all the bitcoin that everybody needs to get rich i power everybody's houses uh i drill my own water well so everybody has their own water yada 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 but then at the end of the day any leftover energy we sell back to the grid you know and power up mm-hmm. anybody else that needs it so there's microgrids available to the world out of you know energy strong States like ours, Oklahoma can do stuff like that. The rest of the country, I don't know. You know their resources, but
2: well, but the fact of the matter is, is that it, it it's important for us to question some of the because c- you're tackling a lot of issues there, and, and uh, th- that's it's a very interesting thesis because I mean this could be a separate. I, I mean we would have to carve out like. Half a day. These are least. supposed to be mini series anyway. When, well, I, when I met Bill, I knew was like, you're a miniseries. But I, but I mean, if you think about the, the, the issues that you just touched on and every single one of them is super. We important.
0: just we just do what we want without the politics involved. What's best for our society and get rid of that
2: other bullcrap. Right. It, 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 it is
0: just what's what's best for these humans
2: right here. Well, and the real challenge. And this is where it's interesting coming from a commodity trading mm-hmm. perspective and background. So one of the reasons that I loved trading energy, physical energy commodities, is it forced everybody to play fair. In other words, there were times that I would have complete leverage over you. And that meant I could say, well, you're just going to have to write a check for $5 million today. But I knew in the back of my mind, I might be calling you tomorrow. One of, one of the interesting things is when you think about um, – societies in general and kind of that closed ecosystem, there's an advantage and disadvantage. And the advantage is you're now in complete control of everything there. The disadvantage is you lose innovation of unique thoughts because that, that closed system does not uh, generate as much outside interest because the problems are already solved. So there's not maybe an advance of the evolution because there's not a challenge. Um, That's kind of a, very 30,000 philosophical kind yeah. of, kind of thing. But it also gets back down to when you look at a society as a whole, you need to make, have controls to make sure that there's, well, you don't have to, if you're uh, not altruistic on or utilitarian on the good for all. Yeah. Uh, but there has to be kind of a balance. <laughs> there there needs to be kind of a balance. But when I think of energy security for the U S and, cybersecurity, those are two things that need to be amplified in our infrastructure because we are so – we're vulnerable. And and vulnerable, we need to ensure. And I think conversion to electric vehicles that are fueled by power that is generated by natural gas is one potential application. And then we need to figure out how to – I just don't want to have
0: to sit there in my car and fuel it with a battery for – Couple hours. It's really nice to pull up to a pump and be out of there oh, in ten minutes.
2: It, well, completely, and 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 that might change going forward. Like but I,
0: power my car while I'm driving.
2: But, well, the, some of that could be solved in some of the perpetual motion okay. that is created via the friction. Well, nowadays
0: you can put. The, you know, have you seen where you can power a? Uh, you can power batteries and electronic, you know, um, stuff from afar, right? So right now I can like set my phone on a. On a charger. Yep. Right. But oh, they from have, the road. From the from road. From the road. I've seen. I've seen that. They've yeah. I mean, everything's possible if you spend the money now.
1: Exactly. The, How much money the, do you want to spend? The
0: mind blowing technology that's available if you want to spend the money, you can do it. I mean, in Oklahoma roads. I thirty five doesn't even have to be shut down half the time anymore. Right. The turnpikes can be free and clear of construction if we just tried. Yeah, <laughs> I made a meme yesterday. By the way, have you seen all the memes that you know Elon Musk is going to buy this and do yeah. this? So yesterday, mine that I I created. I love making memes, but I made it where it said Elon Musk, and it said I'm buying I-35 next, <laughs> and and all the turnpikes in Oklahoma and fixing them.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure he has that kind of money. I uh, no, no, no. It was
0: easier to buy Twitter. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was. And okay. less controversial. <laughs> I mean, you
0: know, we don't want to upset the turnpike authority. You know, oh, I, know yeah, there's a, okay. I know there's a chip in my car listening.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Well, okay. you know, we're following, and basically, we're. You know, I, I tell people, "Go, are you paranoid?" No, people really are following me. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gaining. <laughs> yes, so it's, uh, it's uh, but when you start talking about energy security, the bottom line is, is that every society that's prospered, that's had. Good living, good standard of living for the people have done it on cheap energy. Yeah. Period. It is the okay. one thing that makes a difference.
0: Well, we, we have abundant energy here. We have not made it affordable just yet.
1: We'll see,
2: right? Well, and that's it. and that gets down to the conversion in, in the most optimal way, and that's part of the reason that, that
0: uh, I love your idea, portable LNG plants at every, you know, whatever, however, however many you can make them, every utility. Well, every utility. Although I still think we have too few utilities. I don't like. I
2: don't like that Well, there's you know, not a redundancy because yeah, they the don't guys, want to spend because they don't want to s- increase the rates. So let's don't. talk. Let's there talk about know. the physics
1: about that. To get LNG, you're
2: talking about being at minus 300 degrees. And a, a probably a ten percent energy loss. So,
0: hey, uh, what does it take to use hydrogen? Though, I mean, hydrogen is uh,
1: just,
2: so you,
0: well, you have to use natural gas to get hydrogen power. If everybody doesn't know that, like, look at the you know physics of that. So, <laughs> I love hy go hydrogen because you'll <laughs> use a lot of natural gas to get there.
1: So, uh, one of the plants that I was responsible for when I was at Lynn actually made LNG. Nice. Because they were making helium at the same time. Oh, oh,
0: man, helium. There is another resource that people need to look into. Buy helium now.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. um, Do you have
0: helium on the energy road yet? No, not yet. Oh, it's coming.
1: (laughs) Actually, the one thing we're looking at, we're just not sure how to capture it yet, is carbon credits, because that's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so trying to, but the thing is, is, there is no standard carbon. It's like your ESG score. There's no standard
0: criteria. I'm 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 not versed in carbon credits just enough yet. It's just you know it's on my radar, but it's,
2: it's basically a certification. It, sure. Uh, but the problem is where it, where's the exchange for carbon credits? Well, and anybody this. that wants to understand a little bit more That's about where. ESG and carbon credits, you can reach out to Tom Lord. Uh, he is he is on LinkedIn. De- definitely, he is definitely the expert on that. But the, the current, is there
0: carbon credits on an exchange somewhere where I can?
2: The, the European
0: the European one the, so we don't have a we no don't there, have a carbon it, credit there, exchange in America no, yeah
1: there is on, it's called American carbon exchange okay right
2: well no the cme has uh has has a carbon exchange but you are are retrading a certification that sure. is established but those certifications expire well they expire but they're also written by an organization that is a self-proclaimed. So what is what are you actually buying? And these carbon credits are also retraded in the market, such as it might be a carbon credit from Ecuador in in 2016. So this
0: is a pretty started. new emerging. Market. This is yeah. a little bit like NFTs and Bitcoin. You could yes.
1: like add this to your utility that you're developing there for the neighborhood. Yep. Yes. You could <laughs> I mean, have I mean, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Have your own carbon exchange.
0: Exactly. Well, we don't tr- we don't have to you know pipe or truck our uh, fuel in because it's right here. So there's right. got to be a carbon credit in there somehow.
2: Uh, yeah. So there you go. See. Well, it's got. <laughs> i mean it's an it's an effort i'm not sure that's not a it's, it's an effort to appease environmentalists yeah. it, it, that's what it is well i mean the fact of the matter is, is that
0: self proclaimed
2: if you put it, it, we get back to the equation of the utilitarian or altruistic human human force, there should be some parameters around the pure economics because then when you get into pure economics you start making decisions that might not be altruistic or might not be utilitarian or good for all. And see, I, I sort of disagree with that because- In a as, closed ecosystem, I, it works. But in an open ecosystem, that means I can hose you over and there's no as, penalty. As a, when I look at bottom lines, I'm like the more economically
0: efficient I am, also the more environmentally efficient I am. Because any waste that I have whatsoever is loss in you know my financials as well. So if I'm making sure that I, not only while I'm harvesting resources, but protect it all the way out to every possible finger, then I'm making sure that I protect my money. So environmental efficiency equals economic efficiency. It's Maybe.
1: Both. It, 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 it might be. Not, I, I, not necessarily, because then you have to go back to flaring, because for a long time it was economically feasible to flare as opposed to produce.
0: No, we just didn't have the technology to harvest that resource. That no, was a we loss. Didn't,
1: we didn't have the capacity. But mm-hmm. still, the price of the oil justified flaring
2: well or but you're
0: still losing and that's where set
2: a different set a different way you're flaring instead of actually capturing that as a a as a resource portable lng that would be an altruistic or utilitarian but because of the upfront cost the conversion wasn't worth the expense and that's where the nuance between the pure capitalistic structure and the pure socialistic uh, structure I mean, if you look at it, the United States has tried to blend the best of both, and it's it's a conflict. It's it's constantly evolving. It's
0: always on our minds. I hate losing any kind of resource whatsoever, Mm -hmm. and it's in every engineer's mind as well. Like, how do we hard look at when we drill wells? If everybody doesn't know this, when we go and drill well, we're only capturing probably less than ten percent, really. Of the hydrocarbons available, and there's so much.
2: Uh, so actually, the yeah. numbers
1: that I've heard is that in, in the first through way through you're, you're between twelve and fifteen percent of the total that's in those states.
0: If we're up to when that you, now,
1: great. But I when you, I, you do I secondary would've... recover, you still only get another ten to eleven percent, and even at tertiary recover, which is what CO two is. Yeah. Uh, now, when you do CO two floods into oil fields,
0: that's man, that's a whole other podcast too. Because yeah. when you, when you talk about all these wells that we drill that are going to waste now because we're trying to get rid of them. And they are they really untapped.
1: So it, what's interesting is one of the projects I'm working on is I'm working with a producer who's trying to capture, get the oil from these shallow zones. And when I say shallow, I mean 300 to 700 feet.
0: Where's this at? Is this in Oklahoma?
1: It's all, all over the country. All over the country. Okay. And so... uh the biggest problem there is reservoir pressure.
0: Yeah, you know, seismic guys are going out and, like, finding these little bitty reservoirs. They're everywhere. already
1: there. I mean, yeah. the, the wells are already there. Yeah, nice. They just haven't produced in a while. Yeah,
0: but they can be produced again.
1: That's right. And so what that's why I love
0: be. all the petroleum engineers that are out of work right now. The ones that are, like, I mean, I've, you know, Michael Dunn was working on it. I had a couple other guys in here. But they're going out to find all these, you know, stripper wells, if you right. will, <laughs> and going, man, these are valuable to me. They weren't to the company that's selling me, but so, I can go out and smoke these now. So right.
1: this guy could actually drill a well completed at these levels to provide injection for whatever for $50,000 there we go that's from you know from drilling and so I'm just trying to millions of
0: wells like that available get out there and get it
1: done I'm really trying to help him get don't plug
0: him and everybody hates plugging and banding it makes me mental the (laughs) hole's already there let's go fix them up
2: come on boys yeah but then, then you get back to the Economics. Three, three to seven year horizon, yeah. and people aren't making longer term decisions. And realistically, when we look at it, we have just figured out in the last in the last twenty years what's possible in our country with the approach on shale. And and the fact of the matter is, is that we can set up hundreds of years of potential growth for the country if we handle it right. But but it's it's frustrating because we're watching a continuous stream of five-year decisions that don't offer the long-term support or structure for that energy security. And that's – I don't know. Anyway, I, I'll get I, off the – we, we better wrap this up, right. boys. No <laughs> so one's going no
0: to be following this anymore. So let's,
2: let's talk about price. Yep. All right? yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah. What's your uh, prediction, too, by the way?
1: Do you want to start? Do predictions.
2: These are all. Okay, okay.
1: All right, so, so negative. We'll let start and we'll finish positive. Well,
2: I'm, I'm negative and positive. Uh, <laughs> natural gas, I don't see the fundamental support. So I, th- I see a reckoning. I see us coming. So 2023 is at five, 2022 is over seven. I see 2022 gravitating down to 23 prices uh, and potentially going down into the $4 range. The next technical support is actually in the $5 area. Um, however, it is inflated right now because it's chasing coal prices that could continue for an undetermined amount of time. And if it, if it continues, you may be right on your $10 call. We might actually both be right. Yeah. Just a different, we, I've a heard di- that before. <laughs> just a different time frame. Yeah, So we're, I, I, We are both going to be right. It's going to be different times. I would say, I would say near term during the summer, we're going to see this, uh, crater back down to five and potentially four, sure. uh, for crude, I think. 100 is our floor, and we are about to potentially enter into some volatility. That said, I saw somebody predict 200. Well, here's, very very recently. So we have we have grown we're almost to 12 uh, 12 million barrels a day. 12.2 is the, is the five year max for this time of year. Um, and that's on energy rogue, R O G U E.com. You crowbar that in there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I, I want everybody to go to your website. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, and again, if you like subscribe and, and you send a message to Matt, he'll get it over to us. You will get a coupon code. You will get a discount. And, our, our mid mid tier we have a free option
0: don't we, be don't 30. be calling and texting me boys and girls you go to energyro.com <laughs> and you tell them you saw that you saw them, you got them on a on the talking energy show
2: so i, I i'm going to say short term uh during this summer we're going to see at least 125 and potentially up yep. to 150
0: okay
1: so i'm going to tell you that I agree. uh when it comes to gas i think we're still going to challenge 8 before we start going back down okay i don't think we're going to make it to 10 max yes, we are. time You'll see. Uh, though there was a time when I really believed that, but I think that was two thousand
0: eight. Yeah. They, <laughs> hey, we are two thousand a whole another interesting yeah. thing.
1: And so, uh, but I think we're gonna, we're going to settle back down. I don't think we'll go as low as four. I think we'll hang out in the fives, right? Uh, because there's going to be other things that happen. I'm a big believer in the random things that happen. Okay. And uh, so, as far as Kudel, I'm I'm really with Brian on this. I think though. We have people who are going to try to keep it pushed down, because you know volatility is a trader's friend. They like to see it going up and down. But it's not
0: industry friend. It's not farmer friend. It's no, not yeah.
1: It's a trader's friend. Yeah. So remember that. That's with people who don't own any natural yeah. gas or crude oil. And so, but I could see crude oil going. Uh, Your two hundred was predicted like in two thousand and eight, and then again last year,
0: and a couple days ago,
1: and then a couple of days ago. And I think that's more wishful thinking by who, and. By someone who's a who's bought it at a hundred, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think we, I think we can. Man, get I that.
0: wish I would have bought it at negative thirty.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I think we're going to see it uh, go up to at least one hundred forty by the end of the year. I don't know if it's going to make one fifty. I think twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. There's just too much going on that's going to keep it pounded down, I think it could get really volatile.
2: The one asterisk that I would I would say with all these is if the economy goes down, then all these predictions are out the door because it, crude may win holistically relative to other investments, but people are going to look at the outright price and it's not crude versus this. It's crude versus economy versus the dollar versus other alternative investments if if you just want to
0: make it less volatile the easiest thing to do is invest in pipelines invest in invest in uh you know refineries and then that way we have abundance of energy not just by on the drilling side but and on the storage side like we have now but we have it being able to be produced right into all the products that we need that's that's where the volatility comes in because we are just very undersourced in ability to get our products to the consumer. Right. It's all this.
1: It and, and part of what's doing this too is the rest of the world is now starting back to drill. Yeah. And that they haven't been drilling, so it's all been on us and so the prices can go up. As the rest of the world begins to drill, it could begin to, I'm not going to say it's flood the market because they're just not that big.
0: Hey, look at what's happening. If people don't understand, there's a thousand rigs running in China. They just don't know how to drill yet. If they ever catch up to our you know, ability, I mean, that changes the
1: game too. Yeah, but they have a ha- lot of shale. You also have, left you left have, left you yeah, also have to remember shell. that in the last... Four years, they've built over 700 coal plants. Yeah.
0: They're, they, mm-hmm. they are going to be very well-versed in energy. Very well, our, they won't need us at all. Our energy
2: export it. status may be temporary. Yeah. Let's put it that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Until we find a refinery. Yeah, the, refine
0: the, the rest of the world will catch up in energy independence at some point. And that's why I want well, our own refineries to refine our own products. Right.
1: They've always been trying, but because we've been able to produce it cheaper, it's been cheaper for them to mm-hmm. buy it instead of build it. There we
0: go. All right. Well, once again, Brian, Bill, uh, thank you so much for coming in and uh, making me a part of your, uh, your, hopefully, ability to grow quickly and everybody understand energy through you.
2: All right, bud. We certainly appreciate you giving us time on the podcast.
0: EnergyRogue.com.
2: Yeah. EnergyRogue.com. Or you can reach out to Matt Hill and he'll pass it along. No, you reach out to him. <laughs> no,
0: thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Trace Management Podcast Studio. Thanks, Trace. Yeah, Thank we'll, you. We'll see you next time. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye.